Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Hey, who's decided to be at Real Life this morning? <laughs> People in the back, I like that. Must be, Jared's back there, I like that. Hey, so a couple things. Uh, first of all, about the MMA fight, um, I'm up my life insurance policy if I'm have to go fight an MMA fight. So uh, if Craig Rochelle gets in the ring, we're, we're all over, man. This guy's got biceps like, I don't know, somebody. I'm not, not there's, no, there's no bromance going on here, but dude, the Hulk, yeah, that's it, the Hulk. Took out my mouth right there, the Hulk. So anyway, it's going to be an awesome time. I encourage you guys just to, uh, to look into going. You can go to strongermen.com, check it out. Uh, we're just pretty blessed to have Brian uh, lead that group down there. Uh, man, it's some of the greatest communicators in the country uh, just for the cause of Christ, very open-handed leaders. And so I just encourage you to be a part of that, what God's doing. I also want to give a shout-out to you guys who came to Life Groups last week. It was our first week of Life Groups. And so I want to say thank you so much for going. That's awesome. And give yourself a hand. I am amazing. I'm just kidding. It's about your, your perspective. But anyway, yeah, great job, guys. It's, it's super awesome. We've been waiting a long time to launch these life groups and get people connected in groups. And so if you don't know much of our church story, we launched in September. And so this is the first time we've had the chance to do life together this way. So I would encourage you, if you're on the fence, like, ah, oh, you know, I want to go, but oh, it's weird. There's weird people. There's all weird people. I don't know. You know um, just go. Uh, we have some, uh, we had people like that last week. They're like, ah, and then they got kind of talked into it, and they showed up like, this is awesome, you know? And so they played this little game, um, I think bottoms up on the phone, and uh, heads up, <laughs> bottoms up. That's somebody, hold on. I'm going to take that one. But I'm also going to blame Joe because he looks that for me and told me that was the name because <laughs> I don't play it. Well, we played bottoms up like I was saying. I'm just kidding. But anyway, so they, they had the flip phone with the charades, and it was awesome because uh, in Josh's group, and, and Carrie, is Carrie in the room? Perfect. So I better tell it quickly. This is his husband. So the charades basically, and uh, they said, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a big uh, balloon in the air or ball in the air. It's got strings in the basket. And she's like, it's a leprechaun. It's like a hot air balloon way off. And so Josh has been sharing the story all day and she doesn't know that. So when you see Carrie, give her a hard time for me, but I said it, not Josh, okay? Just make sure you say that. And his bottom's up because that's what's gonna be forever now. So, um, Wow. Where's Joe? <laughs> He's serving somewhere. Well, somebody go get Joe. I'm gonna have to bring him her up here and hurt him. All right, so we're in the middle of a series of generosity, and so this is the second part of this is what we do. At awesome time last week, we talked about the cycle of scarcity and how we give generously, and God multiplies it, God blesses it, God uses it. And so this week, we're gonna continue that series. We're gonna jump in. So I'm gonna ask you a question. Uh, who are my Amazon Prime people out there? Who loves my Amazon Prime? Yes, yes. I got some people like here. And boo. <laughs> boo. Is that a boo for Amazon Prime or boo for the person? Not sure. Huh. I got nothing. But Amazon Prime. I'm a Prime guy. Uh, I love just click it, let's go. Shows up the house. Like, I know all the delivery truck drivers. Matter of fact, um, when we launched the church, we bought, I'm no joke, like thirty dollars or $40,000, not just Amazon, but all got shipped to my house. And so the week before we launched, we had all this equipment, all this stuff, all the stuff that goes in our cases is in my living room, in my garage, and in my yard. And so if you drove by my house, we had the trailer out there, and all the cases are out. And for a week straight, I'm like climbing through the jungle of church in a box, like literally there in a the box. And so I don't know, we love getting shipments, right? 
Like, we love having stuff. We love seeing stuff come in, and that's just, like, how we're wired. Like, I know the delivery truck driver that dropped it off for our church, and guess what? He came to launch day. <laughs> He's like, and he showed up. He goes, dude, that stuff I delivered looks pretty cool, man. You know? <laughs> Good job. That's cool. You know, it's like he delivered the entire church basically in like three UPS trucks. So, um, but anyway, it's awesome. We, we love stuff. We love getting things. That's the nature of us. You know, the Bible talks about money, possessions, and stuff over 2,000 times. The Bible talks about all the time, like, what's with that? Like, why is Jesus, why is God, why is he mentioning it so much? I mean, he's got a complex. Like, what's going on? And I believe this. I believe God knows that the number one distraction to our heart is money and stuff. Money and stuff. We get wrapped up in that cycle. And so today, like, we want to be a generous church. Amen? We are a generous church. We believe it's more blessed to give than receive. We want to give it away. And so for us, it's a super, super important topic. It's a priority to speak about today, to put God first. And so we talked about the cycle of scarcity last week. We talked about how we consume first. We get our paycheck, and we're like, man, let's go buy some cool stuff. I've been saving up for this. Or I, don't, I didn't save, but I'm going to buy it anyway. I'm con- <laughs> There's a few of us, like all of us maybe. And so we consume, and then we, we want, and then we don't have it. We lack, and then we fear. And so we consume, we lack, and we fear. And that cycle repeats itself and repeats itself and repeats itself. So every month we're like making it, barely making it, not even making it. It's getting behind. It's getting scary. It's like right at the end. And so the cycle of scarcity controls most of us. And so I want to just say this. The cycle of scarcity starts in the mind. It starts in our mind. It doesn't start in our wallet. It doesn't start in a bank account. It starts in the mind. What does that mean? It starts in the mind. We say this, I don't have enough. Like, I love to be generous, but, man, when I, when I can afford it, when I can afford to be generous, you know, once I hit that, you know, lottery, right? I wish people would tell me, Pastor, if I win the lottery, I'm going to give it to you. Cool. That's good. What are we going to do today? Like, not, we're not going to win the lottery, guys. Maybe if you do, it's cool. But, hey, what does God ask us to do? And so scarcity starts in the mind, not the wall. So I'm going to tell a story, just the story of the Bible, of the feeding the 5,000. I just want to look at it. It's found in Mark chapter 6, found in all the Gospels. Um, and so this is a story of Jesus feeding 5,000 men, but it really feeds over fifteen to 20,000 people because the number doesn't include women and children. And so Jesus is going to do something that's going to challenge the scarcity mindset. So if you pick it up in Mark chapter 6, it says this, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so the disciples came to him in this remote place, and they said, hey, it's already getting very late. Send the people away so that we can go to surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And so here's the disciples in their great wisdom saying, hey, Jesus, you know that sun you created? It's going down, and it's going to get dark and everybody's hungry, so, hey, let's go buy something. We need to go get these people food. And so we can't, we can't, there's not enough here to provide for it, so let's go get something. You know, the Chick-fil-A is closed. It's Sunday, Jesus, and so they can't cater. And so we're going to have to go buy something else. You know, you've been there, right? Like, who drove to Chick-fil-A after church on Sunday at some point? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, man, I can't hate them, but I do. But I don't because they're Christians, but it's Christian chicken, and, oh, I want some chicken! <laughs> Just telling you, it happens, dude. But that's the mindset of the disciples, right? To buy. Like their first response is, let's go buy something. And Jesus actually tests him here. Actually, Jesus asked him the question early on. I didn't read it. But Jesus said, hey, can we go buy some food? And he just to see what they would say. And they bought right into it. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, Jesus, we can't afford it. It's getting late. We gotta go buy something. But Jesus said this. He answered and he says, you give. This is what we do. We give them something to eat. So he said to them, 
the disciples said to them, they would take more than half a year's wages to pay for this. Are we gonna go and spend that much money on bread and give it them to eat? And Jesus asked this question, I believe he's asking this question to us today, and he asked this question in our time period as well. What do you have to give? How many loaves do you have? How many loaves are here? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, there's five loaves and two fish. You know, we always start with the mentality when we talk about generosity that there's just not enough. Like, there's not enough to go around. We don't have it. We, do, we can't make it. We can't make ends meet. There's no way we can accomplish this. When we launched this church, we, we had that same fear, right? Like, okay, Jesus, we got you. And nothing else. Like, zero. You know, you start a bank account and it's got zero in it. That's a real thing, right? And we're like, Jesus, what are you going to do? You're going to have to do something. Like, we cannot do this. I'm going to tell the story of our launch in a little bit. But I'm going to encourage you, that doesn't start with what we don't have. It starts with what we do have. And John chapter 6, verse 7 says this. Philip answered him. He said it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each to have a bite. And those disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter, brother, spoke up. He said, hey, here's a boy. He's got five small loaves and two small fish. But how far would that go among so many? I mean, how far, Jesus, how far can it really go what I have? I mean, many of us right now, we're all thinking the same thing. I know you're talking about money, bro, and I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm broke. I, got no, I mean, I'm barely making it work. I, I don't know what I can afford. I don't know what I can give. I can't make this happen. And we start with this mentality of like, I can't. I can't. But you know what? God can. But God can. God can multiply. God can bless what we have. See, Jesus had a different mindset. He had a mindset of abundance, that there was more than enough. There is more than enough. See, this little boy, the little boy, okay, not an adult, but a little boy gave his five loaves and his two small fish to Jesus. And God fed fifteen to 20,000 people. I mean, think about that for a minute. Like the faith of a child to say, hey, Jesus, just take my sack of lunch. Here's, here's what I have. Here's actually all I have to eat today. Go and take my sack of lunch. And what's crazy about the story is that Jesus didn't only feed the 5,000, he fed the boy, right? And had abundance left over that he didn't just multiply and take his stuff. He actually returned more than he actually gave because of the faith of a child, because he said, hey, look, how much is here? I can multiply and bless that. So here's all my lunch. Matthew 14, 20 says this, then they all ate and were satisfied. Amen? I mean, we, we launched this church, like, do we all eat and we're satisfied? Like, we didn't know how we we're gonna make it, Right? Like, we didn't know how we were going to make ends meet, but we, we gave, and we gave, and God blessed, and God used it. And so for us, like, you may only have a sack lunch, amen? Like, you got a sack lunch budget? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you bring that paper bag every day to work, and you're like, dude, come on, get some Chick-fil-A going, you know? Dude, I got my sack lunch. You know what I'm talking about? I got the brown bag special. I got my, my turkey. I had this all through college. I was the broke guy, right? I was like, I don't have enough money. So I had a turkey sandwich and apple and chips every day for lunch for four years. I'm not even kidding. I'd be like, dude, this is sad. You live a sad life. I do. It's kind of sad. But that's what I did. I said, man, I got to sacrifice. You know, I'm just going to do this. I don't have the money. I'm going to be on the lunch plan. And I ate the lunch. But Jesus said this. He said, the eight were satisfied. All the disciples picked up the 12 baskets full of broken pieces. And this is the crazy part. There was more left over. There was more left over. See, when you give, God blesses it. When you release, God blesses it. When you give it to Jesus, he multiplies it. And not just enough for you to get return on it, but enough for everybody to get return on it. And enough for more people that were there to have leftover food to give back to other people. It's, multi, it's, a, it's like the cycle of generosity. I want to encourage you as a church to be a church that is generous with what God has given us. Without God, we only can live without the blessing. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like without Jesus blessing your life, you can't be blessed. 
You can't be in abundance. If you don't give to God, if you're not a generous person, God's not gonna use your life. I know it's scary, right? Like, I don't wanna be in that spot where I'm like, you know, Jesus, I held on to everything. You know, if you watched Billy Graham's funeral list last week, which was kind of old school but super powerful, right? The dude is old school. He's 100 years old. Okay, he could do it. Billy Graham. But I'm just telling you, he had this quote, and now you probably saw it, and he said to his son Franklin, he said, hey, the headline's gonna read one day, Billy Graham is dead. He said, don't believe it for one second, son, because I'll be more alive than ever. I just changed the dresses. I thought, wow, is that powerful? Because the point is this, is we're on a journey. We're on a journey, guys. This isn't home. This, don't, make, don't make life too comfortable here. Like, we're just, we're just walking through the journey. And if God wants to bless us, he can bless us. He's going to use us when we say, God, you gave me everything. This is a stewardship. The time, the money, the job, the resources, my arms, my hands, my mind, everything you've given me is a resource, is a, is a stewardship from you I manage. And so we get to give it back to Jesus. And when we give it back to Jesus, he does something crazy. He blesses it and he multiplies it, amen? He gives the blessing. If we live life without the blessing of God, we will live a life just for us. But when we live a life with the blessing of God, we can change our community, we can change those around us. God will use us and multiply things in our life. He'll feed the multitude. See, scarcity asks this question, what can I afford? We start with that that way when we start giving, like, man, what can I afford? I do the budget, like, that's what's left over. <laughs> I'll give that. Scarcity starts with what can I afford? Abundance asks this. It says, what do I have that God can bless? Hey, Jesus, I got this sack lunch. You can use this sack lunch. I want you to think about this. When I was a, a te- uh, I was a youth group, I was working with teenagers. I was in a youth group. I was a youth pastor, worked with teenagers. We decided with this crazy dream in our heart in 2009 that we're going to build a well for Vapor Sports Ministries in Africa, Togoville, Togo, West Africa. We had a youth group of 30, and the cost of the well was $40,000. So a youth group, we sat out and said, hey, we can do this. Now, maybe it's crazy, maybe it's faith, but we believe that God could use it. And so we began, some of you guys were there, right? And who was there? Raise your hand if you were there. I see some of you guys around here. You know what I'm talking about. And so we said, hey, let's, let's try to build this well. There's a city that's in desperate need. They live on, this city's literally less than a dollar a day. That's what they live on. There's no clean water. One, eight people die of disease-ridden water every single day around the world. We said, we, we can make a difference. And so this group of teenagers, I started out, the very first time we talked about it, I took out dollar bills and I passed them out to all the students. I said, hey, here's your dollar, here's your dollar, here's your dollar, here's your dollar. And I said, hey, what can God do with your dollar? What can God change with this dollar? It's not the dollar, it's the heart behind the dollar. And so we began to invest that dollar. Kids gave it back, kids gave more back, kids began to serve. And we ended up raising $28,000 to build a well in Togoville, Togo, West Africa. I had the privilege of going there in 2011. It still provides clean water. This isn't like a hand pump, okay? This is like legit well, something you'd build here in the States and be proud of. And it works and it's, it feeds and or supplies clean water to a whole community. But God blessed it. I'm telling you, 30 youth kids does not have $10, okay? They do have $10, but they don't want to spend it. But they don't have the money. But Jesus had the money, right? And so we said, hey, God, whatever you want to do, we're going to do it. So we started doing what? Garage sales? I mean, some of you guys might have been to some of our garage sales. We used to take over the Office Max parking lot. I'm telling you, it was three full U-Hauls of junk, okay? You know what I'm talking about? It was junk. Our whole philosophy was we want quantity over quality. We're going to sell 10,000 things for a dollar, like, seriously, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because no one's going to buy good, no one's going to think anything good. Even if it is good, they don't want to buy it. It's a garage sale. So we sold stuff like crazy. We started making $8,000 an event, $10,000 an event. People started donating. Kids were working like crazy. 
And that's what God can do when we invest. It's the young people. Think of this story, the sack lunch. It was a kid, a kid that gave a sack lunch, a teenager. I mean, if you're a teenager in a room, you can make a difference. You can lead the way with generosity. Man, God, it's not what you have, it's what you do with what you have. See, we can make a difference, you know. It's not what's sitting in your bank account, man. I know you're looking at like, ah, man, I wish I could be generous, but it's not what's in the bank account. It's, it's, not, it's not what's in your 401K. It's not what you have. It's what you do with what you have. You know, we were partnered with an awesome group called the Care Portal. This Care Portal supplies needs to, to kids in the foster system here, not just in Missouri, but across the United States. And they have partnered with the, the social workers, and the social workers send an email, okay, to different churches. We're one of those churches. We sponsor them every month. They send us needs. And so we get that need, and we send it out to our church and say, how can we be a blessing? And so in our church, we've supplied a lot of different things, and one of those things we supplied was a vacuum, Okay, and I think, and the shout out to the Holcombs, they had some, some vacuum, I don't know, you, you don't vacuum your carpet anymore, so you gave it away, that's cool. Um, we love for Jesus, okay, just give it away. Um, but we have that, right? Like, we look around in our life, look at what you have. Like, we know we don't have, like, the new $800 Dyson, right? Like, I don't, maybe, you do, I don't know, we have it. We have something, Right? Like, we have things we can give away. It could be a blessing to somebody just by saying, hey, I've got this thing I'm not even using. And then we really see sacrifice. You're like, man, i got this thing I could give away. It was so cool. Chance the story giving away the shoeboxes and somebody giving him an Xbox One. He had no idea that he was going to get an Xbox One for following Jesus. You know what I'm saying? If we all knew that God was going to bless us that way, we'd be like, sign me up. They almost start being blessing because I want to be blessed. You know, we don't do it for that. But that's the promise of the Bible. It says, test me. Test me. I'm telling you, generosity runs in a circle, man. Generosity runs, you only get back what you give. You get more than you give. And it always doesn't come as money, okay? I don't want to just, this isn't some prosperity gospel, okay? But it comes back in a lot of different ways. We're going to talk about that. But scarcity mindset starts with a thought. It starts with this thought. When my bank account's big enough and my salary hits mm, this level, then I'll be super generous. Man, I've said, I've said it to myself, you know? I've been that guy like, oh, you know, next time we get a raise, we'll start doing that. You know what I, you know what I learned? It's never enough. Amen. It's never enough. Like, you know, we talked about last week, the people who have over $100,000 actually give less than people who have less. You don't, you don't, you become more generous because you've got more. It has nothing to do about what you have. It has to do about the heart inside of you. And so today we're asking God to break our hearts to be generous for the kingdom. You know, we got it backwards. It starts with what God can bless today. What can you do today for Jesus? It doesn't have to look like money at all. You can invite your neighbor over for dinner. You can invite him to a small group. You can pray with somebody. You can reach out. It doesn't take very long to say, God, use me. God, use me. I want my life to be generous. I want my marriage to be strong. I'm going to pray it as a family. I'm going to be different for you. It's a heart of generosity. It's, not just, it's just not finances. But finances show something about our heart. It shows about who we are. So we don't minimize what Jesus can do with just a little, amen? I mean, Jesus can do, a, with a little, can do anything. He is the biggest extravagant, excessive, owns everything, can do it. If he wants our church to be blessed with money, he'll bless us with money. If you want your family to be debt-free, you will be debt-free, amen? Like if you want, it doesn't start with saying, well, when God, when you bless, then I'm gonna bless. No, it starts with, I blessed you already. Start giving back to me because I blessed you. Like start returning. Like I'm, I, I, I hooked you up, man. Like I got you that job. I got you your stuff. I put you in that situation. Hey, this is mine. You're stewarding it. And we start living by faith. So everything we have is because of Jesus, and he's, he's extravagant, extravagant. I mean, think about the stars. 
I mean, I get lost in this, the mesmerization. Oh, I don't know if the right word, but when you look up in the heavens, right? Like my little boy has like a little turtle that shoots out the light with the stars on the ceiling. I'm like, kid, you don't even know what's going on. Like you see these three little dots on the ceiling. Man, Jesus created so many stars, you can't even count the stars. You can't count the galaxies that contain the stars. You think about all the grains of sand on the earth, all that Jesus has done, all he entails, all his power, all his might. And we say, man, God, but I can't trust you with this. We're stewards, amen? We're stewards. We're, we're just temporary. Everything in our life is a temporary moment. And Jesus can take a sack lunch and feed 20,000 people. What can Jesus do with what you have? What can Jesus do with what you have right now? What can he do? I mean, you can make a huge impact because you set your mind to it. We said, hey, we're going to build a well. <laughs> we knew that one from Satan. <laughs> We said, we're just going to go do it. We had no idea. We said, we're going to launch a church. We had no idea how that was going to happen. I believe that teenagers can lead the way for the cause. Man, you can experience God's abundance in your life today. I want to talk about two things about how to experience God's abundance in your life. One is this, give generously because God blesses when we give. Give generously because God blesses what we give. In Mark chapter 6, we read this, but it says, They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, and he took five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed the food. Man, something happens when Jesus blesses our life. Something unique happens when we, we give something to God and he blesses it because God releases a blessing. This is the idea of stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. Stewardship. Now, this isn't the person on the plane, okay? It's a little different, all right? But stewardship, the idea that everything has been given to us, we, we are managers for the cause. The first job in the Bible, right? Manage the garden. Steward the earth. Steward your family, steward your kids. And when Jesus gives us a job, he gives us resources, it's not ours. I know we think like, man, I got mine. It's, no, it's Jesus's, it's, it's his. And so everything we have is temporary. It's on a loan from God. So we return the gifts, when we return the gift to Jesus, we say, hey, you gave to me, I'm gonna give back to you because I trust you. I trust you. And when we do that, God releases a blessing in our life because what we're saying is, hey, God, I honor you. We sang the song today, right? Like gold or silver, you can take it. And I always like do this. I don't know why. I'm like, ah, I want that. Boom, you can have it, Jesus. I'll just have this thing going on right there. Because I'm, I struggle with that, right? Because I'm like, I worked hard. That's mine. Like, it's, it's always tempting, right? It's like, no, Jesus, take it. Take my life. Take what I have. God, use it. Multiply it. Leverage what I have for you. We honor God by that. We worship Jesus with that. We, we say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. It's an act of faith. It's an action. It's not a belief. It's like, I'm, I'm trusting you, Jesus. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Like, Jesus, I'm, I'm giving it to you because I know you can do more with this than I can do with it, and you're going to bless it, and you're going to change people. Man, I love giving. I don't know about you. I love giving. You love giving? Like, I love giving because I see people's lives changed. Like, knowing that I get to play a part in his story. Like, this isn't the story of Sean. This isn't the story of real life. This isn't anybody's story. This is Jesus's story. And I get to look back in my time on earth and that little 80 years, if I'm blessed enough to have 80 years and say, hey, I get, I get to be a part of his story in that moment. And I get, to, I get to give. I get to be used by him. If he wants to multiply it the way he wants to, he can do that. He can bless it. He'll use it. And he has. He's been so faithful to our church. He's been so faithful to me. We say it all the time. Open-handed people play star roles in the kingdom. Open-handed people, people play star roles in the kingdom. I cannot stress that enough. I mean, if you want to be a leader for Christ, be open-handed. What does that mean? It means, Jesus, whatever I have, whatever you give me, I'm going to give back to you. Like, this is, my life is not mine. I'm laying it down. This isn't about me. This isn't my money. 
this isn't my finances. This isn't even my problem. This world isn't my home. So I'm not gonna make it that comfortable. I do like AC and JC, you know what I'm saying? But I don't have to have all this stuff. But I do have a lot, Jesus, and I'm gonna use it for you. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna be in a position where I can leverage my life for you. I'm not gonna get wrapped up in this world. I'm just gonna call and pass on through. And so that's what it means to be open-handed. And Jesus blesses open-handed people. You're not gonna find a leader for Christ that isn't open-handed. It doesn't happen. God doesn't bless people who are closed-handed. God doesn't bless people's lives that hold on to what they have. He doesn't bless people's lives that make it about themselves. And so there's a prayer that I want you to pray. It's God, help me to manage what you've given me well. Help me to steward my life well. God's heart is for the poor. God's heart is for the needy. God's heart is for others to know him that are far from him. God's heart is for the lost. And we get to give back and use that to change people's lives. It says in Malachi 3, 10, it says this. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring your giving to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me, test me, test me. I dare you to give. I dare you to say, Jesus, take my money. I dare you. There's no way we can do this. Well, let's try it out. And the Lord Almighty says this, if you throw, he said, and see if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there'll be no more room enough in the store for it. There won't be enough room to contain the blessing I wanna give you. And so I'm just gonna dive into this statement. It says, open the floodgates of heaven. What's that mean to open the floodgates of heaven? This word was used back in Genesis 6. We talk about the flood, like when Noah built the ark, right? And said, this is the flood. There's something crazy about the flood. He says, the flood is gonna, it's gonna contain everything. It's gonna touch everything. Nothing's gonna be left untouched. It's gonna change everything. It's gonna be absurd amount of water. When I open the floodgates, it's like there's this giant dam in heaven. And when you start giving, God's just kind of gonna crack it open and the floodgates of heaven open in your life. There's gonna be more than you can imagine in this reservoir. And heaven is gonna break open in your life. And you know, I sang it this morning, right? Just like heaven. We want heaven to come down. We touch the sky. Our giving, our giving shows God our faith in action. Our giving just says, hey, Jesus, I believe I believe in you. I know you're gonna bless, not me. This isn't for me. You're gonna bless somebody else. You're gonna use it for your glory. He is first in hearts. And so this, God is looking for people who can trust with an abundant heart. He's looking for people that will trust him with an abundant heart to say, God is for you. He's looking for people who are gonna say, I trust you more than I trust myself. I mean, you can live more on the 90 than on the 100, right? Like, I mean, it's been proven over and over again in my own life. I shared some stories last week. Diane, uh, she was telling me some stories the other night where she was in college, right? And she's like, Lord, I don't have any money. She had $25 in her account. She's at Cedarville University living on her own, like at another family's house and stuff. And, and she said, God, I need a job. And you know what God did? He blessed her with a job. She's faithful to give. She's, it's kind of crazy, but she used to work overnights, okay? And uh, get off at like six in the morning. And then she'd go to church, which is like 45 minutes away from Cedarville, and sleep in the parking lot for a couple hours before it opened because she was so faithful to God. I was like, dude, I found a good woman. And all my, all my buddies were like, when are you gonna marry her? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, You're an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. Oh, oh, come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like everybody else knew except for you. And you're like, oh, God, I guess I, guess I gotta do that, you know? But I tell you, man, I'm married up. Her faith in God's like unwavering. Like God's gonna provide. God's gonna provide. If we're not faithful in the small things, God's not gonna bless us in the big things. 
If we're not faithful in the small things every day, God's not gonna even trust us with the big things because God wants to open the floodgates of heaven. You don't wanna open the floodgates of Wall Street, okay? The floodgates of your bank account. He wants to open the floodgates of heaven. What's that mean in our lives? I mean, that's the presence of God is in heaven. I mean, some of us are struggling with fear and anxiety and stuff. When you give to God, all of a sudden there's this peace upon you. Like, I don't, I don't think I had to struggle with a lot of stuff because I gave so generously to God since I was a teenager. And I had this peace, like, man, it's gonna work out. Like, I've never doubted, like, our marriage is gonna be there. I never, I never doubted that stuff. Because I'm like, dude, we're putting Jesus first. We're, like, aligning our lives to the cross. And we're saying, we're gonna give generously to God together. It's not about me or her. It's about God. And so we're gonna focus on him. So we're gonna give together. We're gonna make it a priority. It's not a question. Like, when we do our budget, it's like, there it is. Set that monthly, boom, it's gone. It's just gonna be faithful. Like, we're gonna be faithful to that. There's an overwhelming presence of peace in heaven, right? The peace of God. We want peace. Who wants some peace? Uncontrollable joy. Man, just the joy of knowing you're doing something for God. The abundant provision. Man, these are all things we care about and want, amen? Joy, peace, love. That's what happens when you give. That's the things that change in your heart. How many of you want these things? Man, our soul was created for these things. We weren't created to fill with stuff. I know we think stuff's gonna make it one day, like when I have enough money, I'm gonna buy that nice new tiger boat, right? No wakeboarders, cool. Um, that new car, whatever it is, right? Like we think the next thing is gonna help us. It's not gonna help us. It changes down. It's chain us down and God's gonna use us. Man, I never felt closer to God than when I give. I never, ever, ever feel closer to God than when I give. I don't matter what I do. I can have the coolest worship and the best speaker, but when I give, when I get to play a part in the story of building a hospital in the South Sudan, I get to be a part of, you know, giving clean water. In this moment today, somebody's pumping out clean water so somebody can live a better life. I don't regret that. That excites me. I get goosebumps even thinking about it. When I get to play a story of helping somebody know Jesus, when I get to play the story of giving to somebody in this church, giving a vacuum cleaner to a social worker so that a foster kid can stay in the, in the house that they're at, it makes a difference. Like that kind of stuff, it gets me energized. It's what makes me feel that God is there and he is there because he's pouring out the blessing of peace and joy and long suffering and he blesses me and he blesses other people. You can see people's lives changed through it. I mean, if you feel like you're stuck in your faith, I talk to people all the time. Man, I'm just struggling. I'm the past. I can't get over my past. I can't move forward. I'm in this spot where I still don't have to do. And what's God, what's he real? Is, is all just start giving. Start giving. God is gonna use your life if you're stuck. Man, make, show him you trust him. Put him to the test. When I was my senior year of high school, I made the decision I was gonna go all in or I was gonna go out, but I wasn't gonna be in the middle. I said, okay, Jesus, if you're real, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna tell you something. He is more than faithful. I thought, what a fool. I mean, I was a fool for even thinking that. And I started giving and, and following and started growing and started being mentored and started following the path. All of a sudden, I'm looking back like, whoa, I can't, I can't believe I lived a life apart from God. And so I encourage you to give, make it a part of your life. So how do you experience abundance in your life today? One, give generously because God multiplies what is blessed. Two, give generously because God multiplies what's given away. So if you think about the story of the feeding 5,000, it would take three semi-trucks to get enough bread to feed those people, okay? Probably more than three semi-trucks. And so how was it blessed? Did you bless, like when Jesus blessed it, did like three semi-trucks of food show up and they kind of carried it around? I mean, it probably got blessed and the disciples walked around and as they passed out of the basket, just more food appeared, right? And as they let go of the bread, it became multiplied. Like you have to let go of what you have for God to bless it. We say this when we launched our church, nobody likes a cheap church. Nobody likes a cheap church. Nobody wants a church that's not generous. 
Nobody, nobody wants a church that's about themselves. Nobody wants a church that's about me. Nobody wants a church that's focused on I. Nobody wants a church that's focused on the world, that's focused on Jesus. We're gonna be a generous church. We're called to be generous. We know the multiplication happens when we give to God, when we let go of it out of our hands, that God can bless it when it's no longer ours and it's his. You know, it's counterintuitive to follow Christ, right? There's so much in the Bible that says, hey, uh, I want you to give your life away and it's gonna become better. He who loses life finds it. How is that possible? Like that makes no sense. The Bible says that the greatest among you will lay down his life to serve. So if you wanna be the greatest, you have to be the greatest servant. Man, take that to the corporate world. That doesn't, doesn't make sense in the world. The Bible says, love your enemies, do good, do kind, pray for them. It's the complete opposite, right? Just like defiance is, it makes no sense. I'm telling you, put it on paper, it's not gonna work. It just isn't gonna, it never works on paper, but then it always works. I'm just telling you, every week I find a blessing, man. I was like, man, we're, we've got budget, it's all good, it's a little tight. Oh, the paycheck, where'd the paycheck come? The magic paycheck. I love when I find, you ever find a $20 bill, $100 bill, a paycheck, you're like, whoa, you know what I'm talking about? Like you have that fear and then God says, hey, I showed up. It's just how it works. It says in Proverbs 11, 24, it says this, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Isn't that ironic? The person who gives gains more. That's an interesting paradigm. And another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. So the open hand leader gains more influence, gains more peace, gains more platform, gains more influence for Christ. And then the person who holds on to their life becomes poor. It's the complete opposite. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes one another will be refreshed. I mean, we are not reservoirs of resources. We do not hoard all our stuff for us and make a reservoir. We are rivers of blessing, amen? We are rivers of blessing. We get to be that blessing. And as we flow down the river, as we give, as we are generous, God multiplies it. I mean, this is what we do. And so the question I will leave you with is, is simple. It says, are you a part of we? We talked about last week. Are you a part of we? Are you a part of what God is doing? Are you a part of generosity? Are you part of the abundant living? Are you living in scarcity and fear? And, and lack and consuming. Is that, is that the mentality or is the mentality of abundance where you give and God blesses and God multiplies and your faith builds and one day you're like, yeah, I, could, I could lead a church. Yeah, God can do that. God can do that. You know, when we started this church, like I said earlier, we, we had zero, right? Like we, we, aren't, we, we are not self-made people. And it was really cool because we hadn't gone out and asked anybody for a dollar. And there was a few people in this room that showed up to our house and said, hey guys, we just want to be a blessing. We just want to be a blessing. They wrote the first check for our church and it wasn't a small check. And we had other people write checks and some, some were different, some, some were bigger, some were small. It's not the point that they're generous and God gave the multiplication of that gift. Our launch day, our largest donations came from teenagers. I'm just saying, God used it. There's teenagers who saved their money up and said, man, we believe in you. We know God's gonna use you. And they came on launch day and put their money into the giving bucket and said, Jesus, take it. Isn't that crazy to think? I truly believe revivals happen with some teenagers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just the heart of generosity. I'm like, if you won't do that when you're that age, I mean, what's gonna happen when you have like more? Because God's gonna bless that. God's gonna use it and he is using it. And so I wanna encourage you, be a part of what's happening here at Real Life. This is who we are. This is what we do. I encourage you to take your next step. And if you're not giving, man, there's in the bulletin today, we have this awesome challenge. It's called a three-month giving challenge. 
And so in the three-month giving challenge, here's what it basically is. If you've never given before, you don't give regularly, you say, hey, I'm gonna make a commitment. I'm gonna test God. I'm just gonna start giving regularly. And in three months, if you don't feel like God has changed your life for the better, God hasn't blessed you and used you, we will refund every single cent of your money. Now that's kind of crazy. I mean, find a church that's gonna refund you a tithe, right? Like we wanna give it back to you because we know God's gonna use you. We know God, you're gonna have the blessing. We don't have to even, I have no doubt in my mind that God's gonna use you. And so we encourage you to take that step. Maybe if you're sporadic, become a regular giver. If you give regularly, man, be generous. Be more generous. I'll encourage you to take that next step. Be sacrificial. The more you test God, the, the heart, bigger heart you have for him, man. Take it to the next level and say, I'm gonna sacrifice something I love so somebody else can know that they're loved. And we were founded on generosity, not because of what we did, but because of what God did for us, because of what Jesus did on the cross, he gave his son. And so we get to give. We are truly better to give than receive. Man, are you a part of we today? Man, Father, I pray, God, I lift up, just up this audience. God, I pray we have a heart of abundance. God, I pray you empower us, God, to be a revolutionary generation of generosity. God, I pray that we would lead the way, God, in Raymore, Belton, and Grandview, and Peculiar, God, that we would reach out and say, I want to lead the way of generosity. I want to see people who are far from you know Jesus today. As we reflect in prayer, I have a question for you. If you follow Jesus, maybe you've been living in some fear, some anxiety. Maybe you've just been kind of stuck in the cycle, like, man, week in and week out. I'm just stuck in this fear, anxiety, consume cycle. And today I want to change. I want God to bless my life. I want a different mindset. I want the mindset of abundance. I want to be blessed by God. I want to give away my sack lunch. If that's you today, you'd say, hey, I want God speaking to me to live a life of abundance. Will you just raise your hand this morning? God speaking to you. I see your guys' hands. That's awesome. I'm going to pray for you this morning. God, increase our faith, God. God, we trust you. God, our life is not our own. God, help us reflect on that. Help us reflect in a long arc, God, of eternity that our life is all for you, God. Help us to be stewards, God. I pray that you open the floodgates of heaven to those who take the step to be generous. God, I pray you help our church be irrationally generous. I pray that our community would know our church by the acts, the good works that we do, God, because we're salt and light. We're extremely generous to people. God, help us to be a bigger blessing. God, give us the faith, God, to take the step the very first time to give. God, help us to, to be better stewards of what we have. God, help us to multiply our resources, God. Let us be faithful to you, God. At the end of our day, God, we're passing on the journey, God, that we're not dead. God, we're alive in you more than ever, God. And so I pray that we be faithful to what you put in our hands. As we continue praying this morning, may those of you who recognize, hey, I mean, I'm not putting God first at all. Like, this isn't just about money. This isn't just about generosity, but there's just a void in my life, and I'm just not living for God. I'm far from him, and I don't know how to make it back. I mean, it's been forever since I've gone to church. It's been forever since I've walked with God. And so this morning, I wanna encourage you how to put God first. And it's this, that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. They loved you. They sent his son, Jesus, being perfect, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life for you. Jesus became flesh. He died on the cross and rose again for your sin. Why? So you can offer forgiveness of sin to you. The Bible says that anyone calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anybody that calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. You're struggling. Man, I don't know God. Here it is that God can take the weight of your past, of your sin. God is faithful to forgive you. When you call on him, he forgives you. Maybe it's the day and you recognize that Jesus is your savior. You'd say, yes, I need his forgiveness. Yes, I need his hope. Yes, I need him to save me from my sin. I'm a sinner. I need, I need Jesus. I'm not here on accident. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.